0: I'm excited to share with you all that I've contributed a chapter to the newly published Anxiety Relief Handbook. The handbook provides a unique window into eleven highly effective complementary therapies for you to sample on your quest to ease anxiety. The ebook is available on my website happynurse.com.au forward slash anxiety relief handbook. Is what you're saying to yourself kind? Would you say it to your best friend, or to your colleague, or to a child who needs your help? You know, we've got to speak to ourselves with the same compassion that we speak to our loved ones, our friends, our families, our patients. We can be so hard on ourselves, and it's usually because this inner critic has got a very strong voice and a very strong opinion. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast. Nurses are the backbone of healthcare, always there to care for strangers as if they were one of their own, often forsaking special moments with their own family in order to ensure another's loved one is being cared for. As nurses, self-care is essential. I am Elena Mullery, nurse educator and self-care mentor for nurses. I'm an RN with 20 years of clinical experience. I have first-hand experience of stress and burnout. It was this experience which led me to develop a passion for personal development and pursue the study of mindfulness, meditation, hypnotherapy, and neuro-linguistic programming. Each episode, I will be promoting self-care strategies to those who always care for others. I have broken self-care down into five aspects mental, emotional, physical, spiritual and indulgence to make it easy to ensure all your self-care needs are being met. Each episode I will interview nurses and self-care gurus from around the world to help you with each aspect of your self-care. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast with Elena Mullery. Hi everyone, it's Elena here. This week I have decided to do a solo episode I thought I would break down my five aspects of self-care for you and explain how it came to fruition. Self-care gets associated with trips to the day spa, long walks on the beach, bubble baths, but there's so much more to self-care than justice. These are important aspects and it's really important that we do take these indulgent actions and Really look after and nurture ourselves, but I recognise that a lot of people were just focusing that solely as their self care. So, when I was planning for my workshops that I delivered last year across the country, I I sat down and I had a good think about how I could make it easier for everyone to ensure that all their self care needs were being addressed, and that's where this model came about. So. I've broken it down into five aspects. These are the mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and indulgent aspects of ourselves. So I'm going to in this episode just walk you through them all and give you some hints and tips for each aspect so you can include them in your daily self-care plan. So let's get started with the mental aspect. And The main thing I talk about in this mental aspect when I'm doing these kind of rapid fire sessions with people is the inner critic. We've all got one. It's the voice in our heads that we hear most. It's with us from the day we're born and it'll be with us until the day we die. And it's making this inner critic become a friend rather than a foe. We need to give it space to be heard because it's there to keep us safe, but it is also there at times when we don't need it to keep us safe and it holds us back and stops us from doing things. It's that almost like the devil on your shoulder saying, who do you think you are? Why can you do that? It keeps us playing small. If I had listened to this inner critic, I probably wouldn't be sitting here recording this podcast today, but Through a lot of training, I have managed to recognise when it's kicking in, and I now try to reframe what it's saying into a more positive thought form, or thought process if you like, to encourage me and support me in my ideas and my ambitions. We can all do this. It's just a matter of really sitting down and listening to it and recognizing when this inner critic is starting to raise its head and hold you back from living your best life. So I always say if your inner critic isn't being helpful, it's not worth listening to. And when I was doing my mindfulness training, I came across this acronym think I don't know who to credit it to I've had I've googled it I I can't find who actually made this up but whoever it is that did it kudos to you because I think it's awesome and I use it all the time so the acronym think so is what your inner critic saying true is it helpful is it inspiring is it necessary and is it kind so let's look at each of these ones individually so is it true? Is it saying you're not good enough? Well, that's not true, is it? Is it saying you can't do this? Well, you can do anything you put your mind to. You know, it's it's really getting down to the nitty-gritty of how much truth does this inner critic comment that's currently running, let's call it, how much does it hold? Is it true? The helpful... Well, it is there to help us and it is there to get us out of tricky situations, but don't confuse helpful with fear-based. Yes, it's helpful. If it's there to stop you walking out in front of a bus, then yeah, that's definitely helpful. But if it's playing this old tune of, you're not good enough for that, or why would they believe me? Is it really helpful? Or is it just your fear rising? So that's true. That's helpful. Is it inspiring? Does it inspire you to be the best version of yourself? Does it lift you up? Is it going to bring something really good to your life? So that's where the inspiring part comes in. The necessary, again, this is where the keeping us safe aspect of the inner critic comes in. It is necessary sometimes because. We need that slight sense of fear about us to keep us safe. So we don't do crazy stuff, like I said earlier, like walk out in front of a bus or stick our hand on on a hot stove. You know, it's going to be the one they're saying, "Whoa, what are you doing? But sometimes it can be portrayed as being necessary when we're being fear based. Yeah, we're not all adrenaline junkies. We don't all want to jump out of planes. I mean, I used to, but since I became a mom, that's completely off my radar. And I think, yeah, that could be fear-based, but it's also necessary. I need to remember that I am a mom and I've got two young boys and I need to be responsible for my actions. So taking calculated risk is probably better than taking big risks now. But anyway, I digress. You don't need to know about my skydiving ambitions. And is it kind? Is what you're saying to yourself kind? Would you say it to your best friend, or to your colleague, or to a child who needs your help? You know, we've got to speak to ourselves with the same compassion that we speak to our loved ones, our friends, our families, our patients. We can be so hard on ourselves, and it's usually because this inner critic has got a very strong voice and a very strong opinion, and We need to offer ourselves the same compassion we offer everyone else and run our inner critic through what I call the gates of think. So is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? And if it's none of them, then it's probably not worth listening to. And there will be a lot of repetitive thoughts with your inner critic. The more you pay attention to it, the more you'll realize they come up. and um, Once you get to know the like top five or 10, it's a real game changer because you can stop it in its tracks and reframe it. And it can open up a whole new world of opportunity and possibility to you. So that's enough about the mental right now. I'll move on to the emotional aspect. So the emotional aspect is all about being mindful of how we are acting and reacting towards and to people. So what I mean by this is we don't have any control over how people are acting towards us, but we have full control over how we are reacting to them. So let's put it into a uh, patient care perspective we 've got a patient that comes in. I work in Paku, so i 'll put it into a perspective from my my um, job situation we 've got this patient who comes down to Holding Bay waiting for surgery, and they appear to be slightly aggressive, but underneath that aggression is probably fear. People act out when they're scared. And this is what I mean by us being able to control how we respond to them. So if someone's acting out towards you, especially a patient, because let's face it, especially when they're sitting waiting to go into surgery, they're about to put their lives into the hands of a bunch of strangers they've only just met. They're completely vulnerable because they've been stripped of their normal clothes. They're sitting there in this weird looking gown that is open at the back and exposes them if they bend over the wrong way. They're not with any of their loved ones or their friends. They're completely on their own. So people can act out. And if they're anxious, it can go either way. They can be aggressive or they can be really teary. And how we choose to respond to them in that moment of their life can make a huge impact. And this is the moments in people's lives that they remember forever. So it's really important that we are mindful of how we are reacting to our patients and our colleagues, because we have full control over our responses. And if someone is pressing your buttons and they are being a bit Antsy or aggressive. The way we handle these situations and we respond to them is key. So we can either make this situation escalate or we can nip it in the bud. And we have control over that. By speaking in a neutral, passive tone, by ensuring they feel heard and that we're listening to their needs, reassuring them, offering them that compassion and that support that they need in that moment can very quickly diffuse a situation, whereas we, if we were to be reactive and get our backs up too, then the whole thing just starts to snowball and before you know it, it's got out of hand. I think as nurses, we have an innate nature to be able to de-escalate situations and to see people from a place of compassion. It just seems to be something that we, I don't know if we pick it up along the way or as natural empaths, we do it anyway. But I think it's really important to recognize that we have the ability to do this and that our response to someone's action is key as to controlling the situation and to remaining calm. Let's move on to the physical aspect. When I speak about the physical aspect, I'm talking about getting enough sleep. Being a shift worker, sleep is so important. We work crazy hours at times, 12, 14 hour days. We often do so on little or occasionally no breaks. I know what it's like. I'm out there on the floor too. We need to ensure that we're getting enough sleep and we're getting enough rest and we're getting enough downtime I mean, I'm a single mum as well as a nurse, so I know what the pressures are like when you come home. You leave work and you come home to your other full-time job of being a mum, And it can take its toll if we're not getting that regular downtime that we need. So yeah, ensuring that you're getting enough sleep for you. I mean, we all need different amounts of sleep. Some of us can function on as little as six hours. Others, like myself, I need a good eight to 10. I need 10 hours sleep a couple of nights a week just so that I can function properly. So yes, sleep is very important and rest. Also, ensuring that you're eating nutritious food. Doing shifts is hard work on our bodies. And we've got such a physical job as well. We're always on our feet and running from place to place and patient to patient. So meal prep has been a key for me when I know I've got a stretch of long shifts ahead of me. If I spend the day before, just spend a couple of hours even the day before, prepping some nice homemade nutritious meals so I know I've got something to take with me for my lunch and something waiting on me in the fridge when I come home at night, it stops me doing that Run through the drive through to get something when I've worked late and I can't be bothered cooking. I know there's something sitting there that I just need to heat up, and it's much healthier than going through the drive through, too. Uh, The other part I speak about in the physical aspect is staying hydrated. I know there's a lot of places who don't like water bottles sitting around at nurses' stations and that, but. Try and drink as often as you can, even if you're running past the pantry or the staff room, grab a drink as you go, you know, just that 30 seconds to gulp down a few mouthfuls of water and keep yourself hydrated, keeps yourself performing at a high level. And the other thing I speak about in the physical aspect is um, financial responsibility. Because if our finances are in a mess, It puts extra stress on us, stress we don't need. So, by practicing some financial responsibility, that really helps to lighten our stress load. The next aspect I speak about is the spiritual aspect. So, in the spiritual aspect, it's mainly establishing a mindfulness and meditation practice. Meditation is an extension of mindfulness. Mindfulness is all about being present and aware without judgment in every moment and meditation is just an extension of this because when we meditate that's what we're aiming to do just to be still and be present and yet thoughts will come and go we're not robots we can't stop thinking but it's getting control of what I call the monkey mind so we don't let those thoughts if you imagine them as like monkeys swinging in the trees you just let that monkey swing on past don't follow it don't chase it just let it swing on by and a new thought will come in but again just observe be the observer it's when we buy into these thoughts and we give them energy and we go off down rabbit warrens that's when we start losing our mindfulness when we're meditating so Just if you're sitting quietly, let the thoughts come in, let them go out. We can't stop thinking. I teach mindfulness, well, not so much mindfulness, meditation in a rather unconventional way. Because I speak more about meditation as a, a doing thing rather than a sitting thing, if that makes sense. So guided meditation is a great way to start if you're brand new to meditation And if you feel that that works for you, then I have an awesome one on my website that you can download um, for stress and anxiety. But the other way to meditate is to just be completely present in whatever activity you're doing. The only time I don't endorse this is when you're driving. Don't do it when you're driving. You need to be concentrating. and completely aware, but you can't be zoned out. So... Not driving, but you can do it when you're walking. You can do it when you're sitting on the bus. You can do it when you're washing the dishes. I do it when I'm out on my paddle board. It's just about being completely present and completely aware of your senses and what's going on. What can you smell? What can you see? What can you hear? How does your skin feel? Is it tingly? Is it hot? Are the birds chirping? Is the sky blue or is it full of clouds? Is there moisture in the air or is it dry? Just be completely focused on the present moment and how your body is feeling in that moment. And just allow it. And thoughts will come in. Like I said, you can't stop thinking. We're all human. And if we stop thinking, that means we're dead. But don't buy into the thoughts that do come in because that's when you go down that rabbit hole and you end up five kilometers down the road and you've made a mountain out of a molehill. When you feel that thought come in, just let it come in, acknowledge it, let it go. Don't give it any energy or any substance. I'm going to do another episode just on meditation. That'll be in the coming weeks. So look out for that if you're interested to learn more. The other aspect of the spiritual aspect is gratitude. You've probably heard gratitude being kind of spoken about in the media and that a lot in the past couple of years. But gratitude is very, very grounding. And I think as nurses, we are all very grateful anyway, because we see every aspect of life and what's going on in other people's lives and it can be confronting at times but it's also it's very humbling It makes us realize just how lucky we are and the things that we're grateful for that others don't have so I for years have had a gratitude journal by my bed and every night before I go to sleep I'll write three things down in it from my day that I'm grateful for. It could be a lesson I've learned through a mistake I've made. It could be the warm cup of coffee I had when I got up in the morning. It's often the smile on my son's face when he comes running out of school at the end of the day to see me and the big, I call them koala hugs he gives me, puts his arms around my neck and his legs around my waist and just squeezes me. And It's these little things. It's the simple things in life. And yeah, it's cool to be grateful for materialistic things too. And like we all need these and they're part of our indulgent self-care that I'll speak about in a minute. But it's the simple things in life as well that so many people, they don't get. And I know, especially at the moment during COVID, I feel lucky to get that hug from my son because... There's so many people out there who are being starved of hugs just now because of the social distancing. So that big hug from my seven-year-old is awesome. So yeah, just three things every day. Some people like to do it in the morning before they put their feet out of their bed. Other people like to do it at night. But if you can focus on just three little things, and when you're grateful, you can't be stressed or anxious. It's a very grounding experience. And if you just sit with that thought for a couple of minutes of gratitude and think about the things from your day that you are grateful for, you will find that your um, any anxiety that you've been experiencing will probably dissipate slightly because you're, you're focused on good things rather than fearful or scary things. And the last aspect is the indulgence. The bubble baths the trips to the day spa it's it doesn't have to be expensive things either and i know at the moment we're we're all kind of shut down or locked down or whatever you want to call it practicing social um, isolation or physical distancing that's the new term isn't it and it's whatever brings you joy it could be going for a walk it could be curling up with a hot cup of tea and a book to read and losing yourself for a couple of hours it could be a bubble bath it's whatever lights you up and whatever you need to fill your cup up because if you're looking after your mental your sorry your mental emotional physical and spiritual needs, your indulgent ones will be even more pleasant because you will really allow yourself that time to really enjoy it and really experience this time just for you. And we all need this. We need this once a day, I say, even if it's five minutes, just sat in the garden or in a room on your own with your cup of tea, just with your thoughts or losing yourself in your favorite soap every night. Just we all need to do something every day that's just for us. And self-care, it's not selfish. In fact, it's selfish not to practice self-care because if we're practicing self-care, it means we're turning up as a better version of ourselves for our families, for our friends, for our colleagues, and for our patients. So I'm going to leave you with that thought. Self-care is not selfish. And always remember to offer yourself the same compassion that you so freely give to others. Thanks for listening, everyone. Speak to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Happy Nurse podcast. If you've enjoyed today's content and would like to join the Happy Nurse community, head over to Facebook and check out the Happy Nurse AU Facebook page and request to join the Happy Nurse community. Also, check out happynurse.com.au for access to free downloads and subscription to my blog. See you soon, and in the meantime, remember to always offer yourself the same compassion that you so freely give to others. I'm excited to share with you all that I've contributed a chapter to the newly published Anxiety Relief Handbook. The handbook provides a unique window into 11 highly effective complementary therapies for you to sample on your quest to ease anxiety. The ebook is available on my website, au forward slash anxiety relief handbook.